0: Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, uh, Daily Sports Science. Uh, very fortunate tonight to have Robbie Brennan, All-Ireland winning manager with uh, current still current Kilmachud manager as well, Mark Dorn, uh, Slock neil manager, Wicklow coach, and Daniel St-Ledger again, who's been on this last few weeks. Daniel Blads, great to have you on here, lads. Thanks very much for your time. Uh, great to see you all. Uh, I suppose, man, we kick off, Robbie, we'll, we'll put you in the hot seat straight away. Your first night on, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the... We'll give you the the, the the golden ticket here. Dublin, Robbie, a, a county obviously you're you're very, very familiar with. I haven't coached there. Uh, two from two, obviously two defeats from two, uh, albeit at the narrowest margin on both nights. I was looking at the final whistle, Robbie, I just seen Desi's face, and I think that the ref blew, I think it was Fergal, he blew the whistle right on four minutes. Brand Fenton was on the attack, and he was probably thinking to himself, you know we'll take a draw here because a draw at one point at one point in a in a, in a two point league is actually not a bad result away from home like so well, would you be concerned Robbie about Dublin or do you think it's just a bit of shadow boxing from the early days?
1: I think I think probably a bit of shadow boxing I
0: think they're probably further
1: on than 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 maybe they're letting on at the minute. I I think they were close enough the other night. Um couple of a couple of soft decisions I think went against them in particular a couple of couple of handy frees that that, that that may have picked up so and you know Monaghan looked very fresh and lively obviously day one but uh I, I still think Dublin are just tipping away in in the background. I don't think Desi Desi be too concerned at the minute. Um and yeah I'd agree with you I saw his face and I think he was he was definitely thinking there was another player or two left in it, you know. So um but it's early days. Look, they've been here before they've obviously been gone down to division two and back up. They'll not be too concerned at this stage, I don't think
0: yeah, and I don't, I don't think you know. Obviously, Leinster championship is is defunct in their eyes. Like you know, it's something that they'll just they'll, they'll stumble through, and obviously they'll condition and, and and peak for 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 obviously later in the year. Daniel, you've you've sort of said this before as well, haven't you? Like it, it's it's just about championship for those teams, isn't it really?
2: Yeah, I think so. And and like in fairness, the league is more competitive for Dublin than. Leinster will be so maybe there, there might be some merit in kind of getting what you can out of these games and kind of you're getting a good eye at what you're going to be facing later down the road like there's a few little bits I just looked at with Dublin and kind of in contrast with Mayo I thought Dublin was forward playing the first 20 minutes what 20 minutes is fantastic like obviously yeah. they got a bit of a kick in the hole after the morning game and decided right we're going to be a bit more patient we're going to limit the turnovers and kind of keep the score relatively tight because I thought they, they, picked, they picked Mayo apart. I thought the forward play was really good in the first half. Like you could see them setting up little bunch of breaks in the 45 and another one inside closer to goal, like really organized, really structured. Um, no, you know, maybe there comes a point where you over-organize or over-structure forward play. Sometimes you just have to let lads at it. But I, th- I thought they picked Mayo apart. And then on the other foot, I thought Mayo's forward play was absolutely criminal. Like it was really, really poor. And, I think the only way Mayo will win another Ireland is if they can every play starts with a kick out kick out for the opposition. You know, that's the only time they got any kind of foothold in the game was when it was a wild manic press when Dublin were unstructured because I think in the first half, as looking at a few stats online, they had six take passes into the full forward line with one positive return from it. Like, I mean, that's that's really poor. They did like a rugby league line around Dublin's middle third press and no real clue how to break it down. So look, you're 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 getting little snippets here and there, but as I said, it's probably not um I'd say double won't and two concerned as of yet, like you're still missing a, a huge spine of the team, you know? Yeah. And just to touch on what Daniel said there, Mark, like obviously Mayo,
0: I, I was in Nuri on Saturday night and you can definitely see that Kiermina is obviously trying to bring some structure to the down attack. Cause down, obviously uh, we're very sporadic last year, relying on goals and sort of playing what you would probably call a lot of off the cuff football, but um, you can see a wee bit of structure. Like, like you know yourself, Mark, you're, you're coaching it yourself. Like it, it, it's so important now to have, a form of an offensive structure. Now, every player doesn't have to be structured, but mm-hmm. certainly when you come up against teams that are sitting in deep or teams that have a really, really well organised defensive platform, you need you need a plan B.
3: Yeah, look, you probably need a plan B and a C and a D. Look, everybody knows ideally if you sit well, low block defence and you can turn the ball over, you would, you would do all this play in like 10 seconds, get a shot away, but that doesn't always happen. And you probably need your plan B then. And look, you mentioned Kiermina and Narrow Down, you do see. When teams do sit with 14 back in, obviously the goalkeeper down do push everybody inside. Look, there's no saying. 14 can't defend, 15, and you can see what Downs trying to do with the goalkeeper. And look, it is. Now, it is. They're probably, in the early stages, being a mini-dairy. Now, the thing, I know we're talking about Dublin Mayo, but the one thing I've been really impressed with, Mickey Hart and the horse, they haven't come in and changed a big lobby dairy. They've just... They've let Derry play the way they they've been playing under Rory, and maybe just added a few wee bit more partners. But look, you mentioned that they're like the plan B, C, and D, and the top teams do have four or five plans. And look, funny enough, I just watched a Dublin game on Saturday night. Look, I actually thought Dublin were really, really good, and the Craig, a Craig Maganini, actually impressed me at six. Now I do think Mayo Stephen Cohen getting the gold sort of brought Mayo back into But I don't think I know Derry face faces a wee bit. I but I think when he goes away and thinks about it, he'll be he happy enough. Yeah, and Robbie
0: structured attacks. Obviously, is something that that I feel the club game has obviously evolved massively as well. You know, you're you're obviously involved with kilmacud now for for a long number of years and come up against Glen at Glen team, Robbie, who I would probably say, you know, from from a from an attacking point of view, they they ask you so many questions. You know, and you can see that in Derry's play and like. How how important, Robbie, do you feel you know that this has become how prevalent this become in, in modern day coaching, in your opinion?
1: It's huge. Uh, it, it's huge. Uh Stevie, it's it's I think even at Glen, you can see the way that they, they would have worked hugely with, with, with Bradley and goals to, you know, coming out and giving them that extra. As Mark says, you know, 15 can't go 14, 16 v 15 is a plus as well. And and you know, I'm watching some of the division three, some of the division four games, and 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 even some stuff in division two, and you can clearly see the teams that are unable to break down um some of these pack defenses and 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 I would say it's just not being coached by the looks of it. Um whereas, you know, probably the top end of the club game and certainly obviously up the up, up the ranks in, in, in the leagues, you're seeing it. But like if you don't have it, you're just not going to get through. That's 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 the bottom line, you know, and we would have found that Glenn defence very tough to, to break down. And then obviously they were countering us at, at, at huge pace and, and cut us opens at, at times. But very, very structured. And I agree with Mark, you know, a lot of this is coming from 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 Gallagher's work with Derry that he would have put in originally, you know, with pods on left and, you know, filling that full forward line. And, and obviously everybody's copying it now and trying to improve on it. And there are layers to be added to it, but you can see it certainly with, with, with what Derry are doing.
0: Yeah, it's probably not easy, coach Daniel, Like, I, you, but you sort of probably have to ask as well, you know, Mayo do have good coaches, you know, Mayo, Tony Buckley, uh, you know, Stephen Rochford, you know, obviously Kevin might want to do a bit of the coaching himself or whatever, but there was an interesting, you know, when Ney McHale, the brother-in-law, stepped away, there was an interesting sort of message came out that there was a bit of conflict and interest, and it's so important, I suppose, Daniel, from a coaching perspective, that, that
2: everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet as well, isn't it, like? Yeah, like, there's a few bits I wouldn't be sure. Like, I think Tony Buckley's a renowned sort of defensive coach and one-on-one tackling coach would yeah. be kind of forte and he's extremely good at that. And you you can see that kind of with all of his Mayo teams, extremely good in the tackle. Um, and especially defenders. We talked about it last week, but defend cornerbacks, fullbacks, defending on an island, not with numbers. Like, they, Mayo are always particularly good at that. Um, but you, you, I would wonder, like, I, I really wonder about the use of Aiden O'Shea. I mean, so some of the ball going into him on, on the weekend were it's it's almost playing the same ball into Ryan Dono as it's going into Edno Shea. now mm. that doesn't that doesn't really work for me like I mean you've got a 6 foot 5 monster who's trying to play ground ball out in front and and Theo Clancy I thought your man Robbie did really well in them anything on the floor I thought he was excellent on him. but like I I the one the two opportunities Mayo had for goal were, were actual drop shots you know and we're seeing we're seeing these balls more and more uh, consistently where players are shooting slightly outside the cordon And keepers are stuck in their line. Defenders don't know whether to come and go, and you're getting little tap-ins. Like there should have been one in the first half. And Cohen's goal was a perfect example of it as well. That was the only time that Mayo looked like they had any kind of any kind of real intent for goal. Like other than that, I mean, I'd be using Aidan O'Shea as almost a decoy sometimes because Dublin were able. Dublin were dropping a sweeper fairly regularly in front of them, and Mayo were just trying to slot try to tread little balls between them. As far as I'm concerned, we're talking about overloads and kind of numbers. They should be kind of flooding runners through that forty-five. If Dublin have dropped off, there should be numbers somewhere. Like, and I, I, I think in the first half, especially, you could see just Mayo lining up with five, six players across the middle of the field, kind of just laterally passing, never really challenging that kind of that middle third block of, of, of Dublin. And the second, in the second half, you could see them kind of a small bit more getting runners into the far forty-five. And several times we saw Con Cormacastle all the other time. Uh, Basquel ending up in their full back line, which is sort of the way Dublin are defending at the moment. You're tracking a man and you're going with that man the whole way. Now, from Dublin's point of view, I wouldn't be overjoyed with having those three lads kind of been my last line of attack. You know, I think you're wasting their qualities, but it, 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 it may be a little bit of learning for Mayo at half time, kind of helping a small bit. But for the most part, I, I, there doesn't seem to be anything overly structured where when you look at Dublin's forward players, I've alluded to, you can see a plan. And I think, yes, we don't want to overcoach or anything like that, but when you're facing 12, 13 men, you need to have something because individuals can be snuffed out, you know?
0: Yeah, and Mark, for me, obviously Killian O'Connor was a fantastic forward and, and probably, probably as better days it is or, or maybe behind him, you know, Ryan O'Donoghue is is a really, really good forward. But are Mayo missing that real outstanding marquee forward, you know, like AKA Shane McGuigan, a Shane Walsh, a Clifford, a Con. you know, someone who's just really a, a match winner, Mark, as you would probably call it. You know, are they missing that real marquee man up there?
3: Yeah, but you're right. The challenge for an all-Ireland league, you know, the challenge. Yes, the for... real and look. To be fair, look, it probably has something labeled been labelled again. They are missing a Shane Wigan a David Clifford, or a Con, or a, look, it's just or a young Conor McManus. They probably are. It's the one player that they're short. Looking at, I think we've had this conversation before. The most important player in the field of my age is still the man that's going to get you one six, one seven. I know people said about the goalkeeper, but look, Robbie probably knew this. He's probably two of the best forwards in arms and it's club team like with Paul Mannion or Shane was, even if Mayo had one of them, I just like to be fair, Ryan O'Donoghue was absolutely brilliant. I'm sorry, Nick, I don't know how they get mad of the match. I thought he was outstanding. And even if you think the winning point, like a lot of people, Dublin were sitting thinking he's going to have a shot here, but instead quick free and over the bar. But look, it's one thing Dublin probably are missing is that one, mar- or sorry, Mayo, that one marquee for yes, Ryan O'Donoghue, think, scored eight points, but I think six of them are frees. But there's just the one way they can go in and maybe take one five one six a real marquee forward. Yeah. Robbie, Mickey Hart,
0: six from six. <laughs> Sean Cavanaugh doesn't think they're going that well, but that <laughs> that's a big statement from Mickey. And I think, Robbie, I got a phone call just before Christmas from uh, Al Gartland in the Gaelic Life, and he wanted to sort of get my opinion on how I felt Hart would go with Derry and Beginners uh-huh. would go with Donegal. And I, I actually felt there'd be an enormous amount of pressure, Mickey, uh, for a number of obvious reasons, you know, the way he left Louth and obviously as well, Tyrone absolutely despised Derry and vice versa, you know, and, and, and the in-laws obviously from, from Tyrone and, and know very well what, you know, what the rivalry is like and, and how bitter and how, you know, resentful it is. So Mickey going to Derry was obviously a huge thing. Now, Mickey obviously plays it down, keeps asking the same question, but that there's no substitute, Robbie, for winning. Like, and once he has those wins under the belt, like there's an awful lot of pressure now it can be can be eased off him. Is that w- Would you agree?
1: I think so. I uh, look it was, it was I don't think anybody really believed when it came out that he that he had gone there, but uh, I can see why. Um, you know, they're 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 that far down the road. They're not they're not too far off, probably uh, contending for an all Ireland. I'm not so sure whether they're actually quite good enough. Um you know, they're not far off full pelts for, for, for the two opening uh, games of the league and, and okay, they look good coming towards the latter stages the other day. Just not so sure when when it really gets down the, the stretch whether they're just gonna have enough to to just get over the line but he certainly as and I agree with the earlier comments I don't think they've changed a whole lot they probably just added that extra little bit that was missing um I know obviously you mean to come in post, post post Gallagher but um look at for Mickey he 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 doesn't go anywhere he obviously improved loads when he went there he's he's going to improve there even if it's a small percentage but I just still have a feeling they might be just a little bit short come come the real business end
0: yeah. And Daniel, when I was watching the game on Sunday, like I, I really had a feeling, you know, for me, obviously the first half, there was a Gale Force wind blowing down the field and Derry only went in three points up at half time. There was probably an element of, just, you know, it's a four or five point lead, but I, I actually always felt the way Derry played, Daniel, the way they're organised. Playing against the Breeze was actually going to suit them, you know, the possession type game they like to play. And they actually created a lot of real good goal chances in the second half. The one they actually got was probably was probably quite fortunate, but they did they did create some some real good opening openings against her own. But how do you feel they're going, Daniel? And do you see Mark talked about you know a lot of similarities from last year? Mickey will obviously add experience in the changing rooms and know-how and and, and tactical now. But what do you see or or what do you think Derry need to do differently
2: to really bridge that gap? Yeah, I kind of, uh, I would be saying they're fairly close to where they are at the moment. Like, I, I'm not sure, like, I think they're probably doing extremely well to be at the level they're at, considering probably the the depth pool they have. Like, I I, I don't see a whole lot of changes. I, I'd say Derry's best hope of getting to an All-Ireland final, let's say, would be other teams regressing rather than them actually adding a whole lot more to what they have. Like, I, I think they actually, they're maximising every resource they have. I genuinely do. I, I think they're, like an extremely proficient team, but even last year the, it was the same crew for the league, same crew for for championship. Working off a small panel, it looks to be something kind of they're going to go along similar lines again this year. Uh, Cormac Murphy is a really good find; he's a lovely footballer. I think he he'll, he'll probably add a little bit to them. But I I think it's more than likely you'd, you'd be hoping maybe Dublin Kerry come back a notch or two rather than rather than Derry actually doing anything more um than what they have like. I, and, and, and as regards to it you asked the question about their their play against the wind, I thought they're close They're close skills are so good in tight areas, like they're they're working it through the hands. and um, being able to create little two on ones, 3v2s in really tight areas, I I thought was absolutely like was top class in the second half. And as we're probably you're seeing a kind of a trend, I know, with with Sylvesters as well. We're better against the wind sometimes because there's more of an instinct that, right, you have to run the ball. You have to get runners through the middle third. You can't sit back and put a 60-yard kick pass into a forward and let them, do, let them do the business. You know, you're it inc- it encourages runners. And I think we'd all admit runners are hard to defend and runners at pace are really hard to defend. So, um yeah, I I, I think Tyrone were in a good few newcomers. I thought probably not in a bit of transition where they're at. I'm not so sure. So, like, the first two wins, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be wild about them like we saw. Obviously, Kerry are going fairly all right, like and put up a nice score against Monaghan. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, it, it it definitely could backfire. Like, if you have the same twenty players that are playing, have came from, a lot of them coming from Glen, playing seven eight league games, whatever it is, and then straight into the championship. And the attrition of Ulster is ferocious. Like, if just for example, if Derry were in, um, Munster and or Leinster and were guaranteed practically a, a provincial final. And then they could start to rev it up again for their All Ireland series. Different story. But going from the, the, the league to the attrition of Ulster is a huge ask on the same group of lads, you know.
0: Mark, what club's Cormac Murphy? You've been involved. Marathalt. Yeah, he's a good footballer, and and he I, loves me. I I actually think that that is something the need to do is sort of add a wee bit of strength and depth to their squad. You know, if they are missing two or three key players, Cormac Murphy's obviously a great addition. Now tell me this: Lachlan Murray was on the scene, and he, he doesn't seem to be. He doesn't seem to be he injured, or
3: no, he he's, he's not injured, but he's just Cormac Murphy has seemed. The... Overtake right. at the minute now. Larkin, he was actually on the he was actually on the was great,
0: Lachlan was a great white hope there, like you know. He obviously, he was left out of the under twenty final last year. There's big, there was big talk of of him, obviously coming through at senior level last year, but but probably just didn't really kick on, did he?
3: No, he didn't. But he looked to be fair. He, he was linked to as no doubt Rory Gallagher really, really rated Lachlan, But to be fair, again a different manager coming in, and I know throughout the Derry championship, I went to all the games, and to be fair, Mickey Hart and Horse were both out of it. Cormac Murphy was by far. One of the most impressive forwards in the Derry Club Championship. there like, I mean, we played Slaney, played Maherfeld in the group game. Like, and he gave us serious. We actually had to put Chrissy on near the end. He gave us serious, serious problem. That was the first time I really seen him. I know. I remember working with Paddy Talley and Paddy. He went to St Mary's. Paddy said to me, why a come coming, Murphy. Watch out from from Derry." And I, this was a mate. This was like two or three years ago. Paddy had said, "We have in St Mary's I tell you what he is. Every he can be as good as whatever he wants to be." Now, I didn't really hear of him then, and it was just last year being in Derry. He was really, really good now, to be fair. I'd actually say Mickey Horton Horse have actually added Derry's probably a stronger panel now than they had last year. If you look through Derry, I think they used 19 players through the whole league. Like that's small, like get yeah, the one thing, and that would have been one criticism. People in Derry would have had a Rory, maybe that he just had 18, 19 players, and they were the boys, nobody else could game time. Whereas if you look now, look, they Dermot Barker, who's played for Steedstown, played, he's played in every became a Cup game, he's played the two league games, he's played really, really well. Emma Bradley's come back into the fold, which will be a big, big help. Um, I think actually Eunan Mahullan's now in the squad too, even though he got hurt in the Land Club final. They've actually ended up obviously Cormac Murphy at it. So look, I know they've lost Polly Tad, Polly and from Neil has left. I know they've done everything, tried to keep him. But look, I actually think they've found four or five more players and that will be a big thing. But look, at the end of the day, yes, they are going very, very well very early. But I know I will say the same. I remember playing them last year when I was a with for Claire and they were absolutely flying in the league. And I was sitting going myself, no way will they keep that going. And they did. And they did. And like yeah. we're we're talking about tactics. And I remember that day we played Claire, and I played Claire, sorry. They obviously worked like Derry. You when you're playing again Derry, you'll see three or four differences like in defence they'll go man-to-man man, or they'll go a low block and they'll go narrow. Now, obviously, again, Clare did decide they say go narrow and it was just protect. But yet, there was a fellow in McNair and kicked two or three points from around near the sideline just on a lucky next thing. You could hear Gallagher on the lane, right, 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 go wide, 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 low block. And just of all these, like, tactically, they were so, so good. But looking back, the thing was they were flying last year and they were probably should have in the iron final. So, look, at the minute, Derry just... They're, they're probably the one county that is just buzzing. Like, I was up there last Monday night, and the place is buzzing. And, like, even... I just remember we are talking there about Mickey Hart had been announced, Mickey Hart in the Derry. And I'll never forget it, Slot Before we'd Slotnil were playing, I actually think Slotnil were playing, playing playing in the semi-final championship, and we'd have meeting on the Monday night before, and the news broke. And I remember just talking to the boys, and next thing, there's no word of layer you're talking. Uh, next thing, phone was just pinging, but it'll be 10 different people's phones we're all panged at the same time, and I said to the boys, "You have a new manager, and see, Shane McGwig, and the wagon, Brand and Chrissy. You swear somebody gave them a million pound. They were delighted.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same though if Danielson ledger had it been announced. By to be like a f- six, we're back to park the bus now by fifteen. Now, <laughs> and we'll the ball, but... Who did you say I was getting
2: a million
3: pounds,
0: Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Put, Here, tell, me, tell me this, Robbie. The team that the team that denied Derry last year a in the final, carry, um, you know, obviously lost the first game to Derry, and I would say that there was, you know, there was a bit of pride hurting there from Jack, and obviously the leaving the two cleverts out. I personally feel, Robbie, now I could be completely wrong here, but I just think if you do take the two cleverts out of Kerry, like all of a sudden they do become very ordinary and come right back to the pack, like because they're the stardust. And it was no coincidence, Robbie, that the, I wouldn't say the panic button, but but certainly the button was pressed, and suddenly get them back and, and let's get two points on the board, you know.
1: Probably I don't think they were due to be in that early. Were they? They were due another nope. another round of league off. I think, but uh, yeah, possibly the panic button pressed a little bit. But again, I'd say I'd say carry just a little bit further on than than, than maybe even the results are showing. You know, I think um, obviously the two lads are you know, they, they they completely transformed their forward line. Uh Shawnee O'Shea looked sharp you know he he looks narky <laughs> he's right in it at the minute so yeah. um, I'd, I'd say obviously they have a point to prove after last year and I'd say a good league is, is something they're targeting Um, obviously given the Munster Championship is what it is no disrespect to Cork or anybody else in it but they'll obviously walk that so I think they need a good league run I suspect they'll be up there thereabouts at the top of it by the end of the league yeah
0: and Daniel, like, you know, I know Jack's not a new manager, but like, how important is it for a new management team to come in and really get that? Like, I think it's become so prevalent, even Daniel, at club level now. Like, you can't, it's not that you can't have an off season, but you can't rest on your laurels. Like, you have to be your S&C, you have to be trying to develop your speed, you know, your your You have to be at something now, you know?
2: Yeah, I think so. It's like, look, it's pretty much the club stuff is it's pretty much year round, especially with counties that have kind of relatively structured club leagues like you're pretty much having to copy the county team so you're and it's and it's it's not about getting bigger and all the rest of it it's, it's more so injury prevention like it, it, it's nutritional it's nutritional year like you look at the the boys there at the moment that are they're, they're gonna have seven league games they'll probably someone will get a week or two off and um, if you're from Kerry you'll probably get ran for four weeks before your first round of championship but and then, and then you're stuck into it and once August is done you're or once July is done you're back into your club season so like you have to have a huge body of work under your belt and you know they're, they're, you hear in the Sunday game a bit of a narrative that teams are only getting stuck into their work now it just it just doesn't happen like that you can't you can't play games on a Sunday get the shout out on a Tuesday and Thursday and go play another game it doesn't it doesn't really go like that you have to have you have to have a good block done pre pre-league and it's um like I, I think the league is a huge thing for especially teams like Harry because they, they probably won't get an overly competitive game for a while like you know and, and again no disrespect to any other counties but that's the reality and if if like, if, if Kerry aren't battle-hardened come a quarter-final, you could get caught on top very quickly. Like, you look at a, co- a team coming out of Ulster or even Connacht, which has improved significantly, like, they will be battle-hardened and calloused and, and you could get caught in the off day, you know, but it's, um, yeah, it, again, you can't read too much into these games. You can only analyze what you're seeing in front of you, but I thought Kerry were decent against Derry, all things considered, without the two boys. As we said on the podcast last week, the two lads were worth about seven or eight points between a minimum, and that's kind of the way it turned out against Monaghan, and and we talked about Monaghan as well. How would it suit being back in us and a bit of a slog of a pitch? Well, it kind of turned out that way. The, the you know the 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 lightning quick sort of transitions they had against Dublin weren't quite there. So it's um it's hard to, it's really hard to know where teams are at. Like I mean, probably Derry are the only ones that are really showing any major hands at the moment. You know.
0: Yeah, and Mark obviously you know from from uh, Daniel's chat there, we talked about Connacht, like Roscommon and Galway, two teams struggling in in the first in the opening week. Uh both probably needed or had targeted this as, as certainly a game that, that, that they both could and should have won. Like, but it finished nine-all. The, the the surprise factor for Ms. Common has gone probably a wee bit mark from last year. You know, they came in obviously McHugh was with uh Davy. A lot of work had been done preseason. It was well documented, the hard running they were doing. They came in very, very fit. They got a real good start to the league. Enda was Enda, Smith was brought back this week. They've lost Keen McCone traveling. Kieran Murder stepped away from the panel it's 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 going to be a big two weeks now for Roscommon, Mark. Like, where, where, can you see them getting enough points to stay in the league?
3: I th- look, I think it's going to come down to Roscommon. When Roscommon play Dublin, and probably, look, like, it depends what way the dubs are. If they're out, they'll not be anywhere near the dubs. But maybe it wouldn't come down to Roscommon's game again, Monaghan. I would say it was a big, big loss. Roscommon losing to Tyrone, because, look, you know yourself, it wasn't a strong Tyrone team in paper. No. And I actually thought Roscommon would have beat them. Now to be fair, I've just I was watching a Sunday game last night or Sunday sport. And you got the impression David Burke and Porring Joyce were both delighted with a point. So look like, I I got the impression just was actually listening to the two of them on the radio on the way up the road and you got the impression it was nearly a relief. Both men were off the with a point. Look, like, but I know Lar Wall's actually in, in coming now at the minute, yeah. isn't he? Lar yeah. used to be yeah. with, Yep. So look, like, to be fair to David Burke, he's done that, but I know you you would know probably better than this year, Roscummon did hit the ground last year flying. So Where he's done it in purpose, maybe they haven't went as hard this year, or I don't know. But like when you look at Roscommon, when you look at Roscommon, even you've mentioned boys are missing, but when you look at their team, they have serious quality. Yeah. Like they have serious serious quality. But then on the flip side, you look at the Galway team. Yes, he's still missing a lot. uh, A lot of players. Yeah. I was listening. I was listening to to John Dively there last week or two weeks, and he says, "Look, yes, the league. It's very important. We're trying to get five or six points as quick as possible." But he says, "Look, make no mistake, it's." It's championship or burst this year, so look, Galway Aren't afraid to say that. So look, but I would say both teams were glad at the point, but look, Roscommon, I think it will come down to Roscommon and Monaghan again. Each other big, big game. And look, I still think maybe it could be them too, even though Monaghan got the result. Yeah. Again, Dublin. Like when you look at Monaghan, they are down serious bodies, and look, like probably Monaghan never write the math because they just pull the results uh, nowhere. But when you look at Roscommon, that Roscommon and Monaghan game could be vital.
0: Mm-hmm. Robbie, it's it's probably Mark touched it there. It's important for teams to stay in division one, I, I suppose, because you know, the quality you look down the leagues and I've watched some games like like watch the, the quality of you know against Vermana was shocking. Uh the Meath's quality against Arma you know, Cork have been a massive disappointment as well. And I suppose for the likes of Galway, you know, Robbie, who, who have this, you know, obviously glass ceiling of winning in All-Ireland and realistically they want to win in All-Ireland. It's probably important to get those six or seven games in Division One against higher quality opposition, isn't it really? Like rather than drop down to two.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'd I, I have a slight worry for Galway. Um, Just where they're at at the minute. They have a lot of injuries there and to a lot of key guys that I think they're going to need to to possibly stay up in, up in the league. I actually at Devo for lunch, there, easily, Mark was saying, and he literally said the same thing. That's that's their plan. It's all about championship. But but I I wouldn't have thought um, dropping out of Division One was part of the plan. So um, I'd imagine they'll be trying to make sure they can get these guys back on the pitches as 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 quickly as they possibly can. But um, you know, if if they don't get those six or seven games, you know, you know, obviously, Connick has improved hugely from a competitive point of view. So. Um, you know, if you're not ready there, you you'll find yourself in trouble as well. So I think they have a couple of interesting few weeks ahead of them, and if they're not right, I think they could find themselves struggling towards the end of the table.
0: Yeah, and is it is it the injuries that they'll be concerned about, Robbie? What be the injuries? Yeah, I, I I would think
1: so. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of niggly ones all the time. Uh, I know there's there's talk of Shane. He's he's out at the minute. He's 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 getting his groin looked at and stuff like that. I was just so- going to
0: say that, Robbie. Like he, like Shane's played a lot of football. You know, obviously he's in the two seasons with your sales back to back, and then. You know, I think the year just before he used won the All Ireland, the year before he used won the All Ireland, I think he played the full season with Galway. They got to the final that year, isn't that right? Against Kerry, uh, he was magnificent in that final. Actually, him and him and Clifford had a shootout that day. But so he's been, it's been, it's been a tough couple of years for him, I suppose, physically as well. Like, and that that can take its toll, can not it?
1: Can I think he came off that that Kerry final, as I call it, and then obviously the transfer into us you know he didn't really get a break there was a lot, obviously a lot of noise around that which which would have brought extra pressure to him and uh, he had a great year for us but uh, he got a short break then he was away in australia obviously for a little while but um yeah even you know when we were trying to prepare for the All Ireland semi final he's got the galway the galway side of things as well they want him down training and we want him training so it's 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 this non-stop uh, circus that yeah. he's on you know he does not get a chance to get off ironically a few weeks off for the body might might be the worst thing for him now at this minute in time
0: yeah, Canyon moving into two division two. Um, you know certainly Armagh are uh, and Donegal are the two teams that everyone is looking at. Uh, I'm looking forward to the geezer versus Jim on the sideline. I think the last time they played. I think, was it 2010? I think Geezer says, Jim knows where I am. Do you remember that? I think there was an interview after the Armagh played Kildare. So there'll be no love lost there, but but certainly Armagh, the word the word coming out of Arma, I was just chatting a few Armagh people obviously living in Nuri here. You, you speak to a lot of Armagh people and, they, they were sort of saying the team has been training very, very hard, and they obviously probably targeted a really good start to the league, but maybe gamble as well, Daniel, from the point of view being that the first two games looking at home to Louth, home to me, they're probably thinking, look, you know, we'll have enough without the likes of Rion and Neil here to get over the line and, and and get four points on the board. But certainly they'll be relieved of to have two from two, Daniel.
2: Yeah, definitely. And like I'm just looking at the looking at the table here as you speak, like it it is it is kind of Armagh Donegal, Cavan in and around there. That's probably that's probably your treater. We battling for those two spots, you know. Um, like I, I didn't think Armagh were wild impressive against Loud round one. I, I thought it, 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 they gave an impression of just doing enough. Um, I, I saw I only saw highlights, so I won't pretend to have seen the whole thing. But I thought Mead were poor again, and and a lot of Robbie. You probably have more of an insight, but a huge amount of inexperience in that Mead team, I'd say, a handful of lads, but um, a very very new ish team, a lot of young guys, and I thought I thought Armagh were playing about their ease a little bit. Um I like Donny is a massive one, like it really is. And and in fairness, I I I think Armagh should be further down the road than this Donegal team if you are being pl- plainly honest. Like I mean it's that they, they they should be they should be more advanced. They should be in better sort of a shape, even conditioning wise like Jim's only had a couple of months with Donegal, like Arma have been on a on a path, like you remember the, the time we, we we've talked about it ago, in 2017 when we went up to CrossFit Lane and one half of them were doing a, a fairly arduous-looking session down the other half of the field. Right, you know, yeah. They've been on a, a kind of an S&C journey for a good few years, Like so they should be further down the path, even if they haven't put a huge amount in pre-Christmas, they should be further down, even tactically they should be further down. So that will be a, a, a big game, and I think that would be a big dent to uh, McGinley if Donegal turned them over, because it's just another it's another sign of brand new management coming in with a with the same group of players in Donegal that have been underachieving for the last maybe not underachieving but have been poor for the last number of years you know that that would be a massive point in the right direction and it'd be it be a cracker I'd say but it's two two is a tricky one and like I know we always go into Kildare here but like Jesus Christ like Fermanagh really gave them a lesson and, and they could they could take something from they could take something from Fermanagh from, from I think and like for like I saw highlights, and they just swallowed the ego, and they just battered them physically. They ground them down. Um, for Manah, the real bit of substance about them, like you could tell, they had they had a real bit between their teeth. And Kildare just looked a bit, bit flouncy. Like they didn't really look like they wanted to be up in and a skill on a Saturday night, you know. So it's um, yeah, the Leinster teams are looking at a bit of buttering too. Yeah, and just on that mark, like
0: the, the Ulster teams are going so well. You know, obviously Tyrone at the at the win in the opening day. Obviously, I know they're big Miderry, but. You're looking at the at the Ulster teams for man in division two, Armagh, you're looking at Donegal. Cavan, you know, were very, very unlucky at the weekend as well. Possibly could have got a draw out of that game. Um, you know, but they were very impressive in the opening day, away to Kildare. and is is there something to be said, Mark, as well for for the quality of coaching, maybe that's going on in, in Ulster and and is, and maybe I I don't know is it is it because Ulster teams have the McKenna Cup? I know that was used as an excuse by someone, you know, that the McKenna Cup was a great preparation heading into the national league. But but is the, is the level of coaching, Mark? Do you feel maybe just at a little higher ed? Uh,
3: look, it's hard to know. I'm just I mean, I'm just thinking back to this last year. I always remember. Uh, it was after about three weeks involved with Claire and I just had a convers, just had a basic conversation with Jimmy Malone and Keelan Sachs. It was just, and it just come. They were thinking like two nights training, and one night, a match three times a week for an inter county football, league. thought so like that was enough. And I looked, I was actually shocked. And I was just listening to him, and I remember we had a meeting the following week, and a tour strips out of Claire boys over this, and I said, I know even there, like, Derrick Slot-Neil, with with like, I remember Derry once in Shane McGuigan-Brenton-Rogers, and he'd wiser up the Slot-Neil pitch with a ball, maybe for an hour, doing stuff away from saying, and I remember saying, like, why well, the day, the day of an inter-county footballer turning up twice a week with a ball and the at the weekend is gone, but down south, I don't know, where it's, is it just that, or with, like, you know up here, and this is no, no disrespect to the rest, like, it's nearly a yeah. religion, like it's just if you're beat, it's it's the worst thing in the world. And sometimes I'm not saying this to everybody, but I know. And I had brilliant times with their I loved them. But sometimes I just did wonder that the defeat really, really hurt them enough. Whereas you know up here, it's just if you're defeated in a game, it's like awake for two or three days. Okay. Like it really, really pisses you off where sometimes, I don't know if that's anything to do, but look, I don't know if it's anything to do with the coach, because if you look at Dublin, when they're on it, and you look at Kerry, well, I suppose Kerry have an Ulster coach. He'd take credit for that. Look, uh, It's a lot of stuff, but you just know in Ulster, in them nine counties, nothing else matters. i be fair, to Andy McEntee, Andy McEntee's done a serious job in Antrim, because Antrim would have been, like for the pick they had, Struggle for a while and he's got them all under their own hat, now the umbrellas you want to call it they seem to be all pushing towards, the like Kieran Donnelly the same, you look at every for like Fermanagh, let's call it Fermanagh, when you look at Fermanagh's team sheet you'll not pick five marquee players out but when they pull that jersey on it's just nothing else better, it's a wee bit like Monaghan for years, punching way above their weight, so look, it's a hard one to know you could say, me and you say, ah, it's a coaching, but I don't look I would say it's a load of wee different things
0: yeah, I know like that's, that's no that's no stain on, on coaches anywhere else, but I'm just thinking like, you know, is is the standard in like, Ulster, Robbie. I suppose from a coach education point of view, like Ulster, you know, were the leading lights for a long, long time, you know, and a lot of really great men, the likes of Philip Kerr, John Morris, and these men, you know, that were real innovators in the in, in the game when it came to coach education. And I'm just wondering as well, Robbie, the school structure in Ulster is really, really competitive, really strong. There's a massive emphasis. Like Derry, I was speaking to Chris Collins there recently. I don't know if you men are aware of this, but Derry now have three Full time game and development officers in three of their big schools in Derry, you know, and like that's a massive, massive advantage. Like, you know, now I know RD and Louth have done the same. They've created like a sort of a super school now. Ledge they've got a they've got a GPO in there. They've got SSC going on, and I'm wondering like is is that part of it as well, Robbie? You know, is is Ulster counties because a lot of Ulster counties have got their house in order now. You know, and Derry underage are flying. You know, Tyrone are always competitive. Monaghan as well, and like I was in Monaghan last Wednesday night watching Jack Cooney delivering a session and transition play. It was a coach education run by Paul O'Connor, the games development manager, like real switched on fella. But like the, the volume of coaches there on a cold, wet Wednesday evening from Monaghan, you know, Monaghan club coaches, development squad coaches, just thirsty for, and I know from my own day, Robbie, that we run in school, like, you know, we'd over 400 coaches at it there recently, Mark. Like, and, you know, there's a massive hunger for coaching and development here. And I I personally feel when I'm, when I'm organising the annual day in school, the volume of coaches you get from Derry, Tyrone, and Donegal is greater than anywhere. You know what I'm wondering, Robbie is—is is that definitely uh, and had an impact into the into how the Ulster teams are going so far?
1: I think so. I think you look at the league tables there; like it, it, it doesn't lie from a county perspective, but. You know, a lot of the top coaches are are from Ulster. That's the reality. If you if you if you have a wish list, you, uh, you know, you won't you won't get too far before you hit one of the one of the Ulster coaches. No matter whether you're a club or, or a county, and you're you're going to try and get a a package together. That's that's the reality. I think. You know, they're further down the line than than a lot of the other counties have been. A lot of the other provinces, and I think we are playing catch up. Um, like obviously Dublin perspective, Declan Darcy, I think is 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 the top of the game. He's away now to Leinster. Um And obviously, you know, they're hard boots to fill. but um if you are looking to fill them, I think you you generally look you look up north to see who's who's around, you know, whether it's Connor Gilligan or Stevie Poacher or Mark Doran or whoever it is, they're the guys that are on the list that you're you're trying to go after, you know
0: and, and well, Ledger course it, but he's it, over there it well Ledger the Ledger end. was looking to move to the north but we couldn't get him a passport <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> but, but, but here uh, Rob, Robbie it was a throne man that, that that started the revolution in Dublin wasn't it Gerald Connor the, he was the games development manager isn't that right you know genius.
1: you know, genius I had look, lucky to, to be in a meeting with him once uh, you know everything you'd expect him to be and, and that's that's ultimately where it all started from you know and uh, as I say I think we're all we're all hanging off those coattails
3: yeah. Just sorry, Steve. I think Robin, maybe we know this. A fellow, it's actually Dublin. Am I right? and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Dublin's head of academy coaches. It's by Rona McDonald from Monaghan. Plays for Donald Moore, not Donald Moore, plays for Dumbwind. Dumbwind. Ah, he does. So, he, that, look, you're just talking about also, He's the head of all the development squad coaches in Dublin. Because I know he had rung me last year. I done it, I've done a few things from. him, and I was shocked that a Monaghan man was running the whole doubling academies
0: yeah I, I, I think counties though are realising Ledge I think counties are realising like I was down at Cork last weekend I was chatting to Conor in at great length and and um, you know, Aidan there as well, who's their high performance manager, and they are. These counties are now starting to realize. Look, we need to get our house in order from the bottom up, you know, because if we're going to start competing against, you know, your Dublin's and your Carries, and I remember speaking to Brian Carl from Roscommon about this, the chairman, lovely man, and Brian used to say to me, like, we need three to four coming through every year, you know, to to really to, to stay in touch with your your Mayo's, your Galways, your 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 Dublin's and your Carries. Again, like, and our counties realizing now, Daniel, that it is so important to have your structures right.
2: Yeah, and in fairness, like I, I won't completely go down on Leinster altogether. Like in that sense, I mean, me under age is is like is healthy. I would say healthy enough till their underage is healthy. Um yes, as you go down through the grades, it, it probably like you know, I know Carlos is not it's not fantastic. We have a structure in place, but you're probably not getting a consistent run of players. But but uh, like, yeah, but they're behind. They're behind straight away. Like you, you talk about the top four or five. Why are the top the top four or five? It's because they're. 10 years probably plus ahead of most counties and it's not it's not true lack of effort or anything like that but it's it's just further down further on the curve you know and I think that gap is always going to exist and and especially in counties with with more numbers and even with not necessarily playing numbers with but with the the ability to pop into different kind of people's intellects you know you'll have like I know some people working in Dublin specifically be extremely intelligent business people who who can Run a business, and they run your county board, kind of similar to a business, and and I think that's extremely important, and definitely like you see it in clubs across the board in Dublin, like the the nurseries and the underage is huge, and and the awareness now that S&C pathways and all that kind of stuff have to start from a younger age is 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 kind of there, and and I I think a lot of counties and and it just happens to be a lot of Leinster counties are, are behind the curve on that, like you know, and and ultimately the divisions will tell you who's ahead of the curve and who's behind the curve. And you can see your division four counties don't tend to change a whole lot. You might have a little bit of up and down with, with three and four, but your, your, your top four or five will always be your top four or five because they have ex- excellent structures in place. And obviously finances and all the rest of it play a part in that. But it's um, your, your county board, let alone your club, but your county board has to be run like a business. And the better run you are from the top down, it, that filters the whole way down to your under 14 development squads, you know? Yeah. And Robbie, I, I would go as far as saying
0: the likes of yourselves there, Kill McCut, like, you know, the standard of coaching and the 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 quality that your boys are exposed to, like is, is equally as good as a lot of counties, like equally as good if not if not better. You know?
1: Well there probably has to be, Steve that's the reality, you know, with, with the numbers we have, we have to make sure that, that the coaching is the, the number one key thing that we're good at, you know. I think I think you'll find that certainly across Dublin, I don't know if Ledge back this up, but I think you're finding, you know, Obviously, you've games promotions officers, GDOs, whatever, gone into clubs. But I think now clubs are are employing directly, uh, you know, head of athletic development. You know, even right, a separate okay. role. So um, that's becoming a huge part of it because obviously the SNC is, is is so important on it, and, and obviously we're looking at that from a, a younger age as well now. So I think Paddy Bowden are doing it ourselves. Are doing it's probably other clubs in Dublin doing it as well, and and that's that's another little string to the bow that we're trying to add to it uh, along to the coaching piece. But as I say, it all started, you know, way 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 back. It was you know, porrick McDonald, uh, a good Monaghan man was our, yeah. as uh, Mark was saying, is our boy who, who set everything up. He's gone to volunteer now, but he would have left huge structures for us there um, that we're just following on from.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And I suppose, lads, going into your type of structures, your type of coaching, going into uh-huh. Division Three. Uh, I suppose the pace setters are, are our own county, Mark Down. You know, Kieran Mina, high profile appointment. Just from your own point of view, Robbie and Daniel, I'd love because obviously me and Mark uh, have to be careful what we say about the hound. Know, these <laughs> you mightn't think anybody's listening, but they are listening. It's quoted to me back regularly. But I, I just want to sort of get your opinion on coaching. Mm-hmm. Like so, you have Connor, who's a brilliant coach. You have Marty Clark who's a coach. You have Mickey Donnelly who's a coach. Declan Morgan as a coach, and you have Kieran Mina who's a coach. Now, obviously, Kieran, you, I can see very clearly his fingerprints on the way we're playing at the minute. But what's your take, Daniel? Maybe start with you and Robbie. Your take, like on having so many coaches in a setup, is, is it? Can that be difficult, conflicting wise
2: I, I I just think even sometimes you can get a short term hit from a coach coming in for a year or two, without doubt. Like we we all know it. But I, I think the real coaching is, is starting with your under 14s and having, like, we, we're kind of going into a different conversation here, but even having your county development squads all having a rough idea of what way they're playing. And by the time they're coming into senior, that they all have the, the, the basics. We're not talking about giving them real intricacies of, intricacies of defending or anything like that, but have, like, what good looks like, what not so good looks like. I think that's where your coaching then. So let's say the Mark's going down to Wicklow. If he has a group of players that have been exposed to SNC from 14, 15 years of age, have a fairly good grasp of the basic skills, have a decent idea of tactically what they're doing, he can then build on that much more. Whereas if Mark has gone in and starting from the from the absolute bottom of the barrel with lads that have no exposure to any kind any level of coaching. It's just been you go out, you're, you're a naturally good footballer, you just go out and do your thing and that's the end of it. That's that's a that's a much bigger body of work. Like you know, so I I, I think and, and you'll notice it from being with us, like sometimes you come into counties and you're like, Holy shit! What? Well, how? What am I going to do here in the short term that I can actually make a difference? And ultimately, you go back to brass tacks, which is you, you defend, you set up defensively, and you defend properly because that's the immediate hit you can get. But like you know yourself, that took us that took us nearly two years to start even looking at anything offensively, yeah, yeah from yeah. a coaching point of view. So. So I, I don't know if you remember,
0: I don't know if you remember in year two, I think it was at, after 2018, where we sort of talked about maybe developing a wee bit. And we we're talking about this depth and height that everybody's doing now. I don't know if you remember the the, the stretch call that we had. So we had a stretch call where I gave it to you one evening, and you fucking took it as your own. That good man. But we had our halfbacks, we had our halfbacks up around the twenty-one. We had our wing forwards, but we were trying to get Broderick and Foley to play off both goalposts. So you know, we're trying to stretch the game where we get a wee pop pass in, or a kicking channel, or a driving lane, or something, you know. And we were trying that, but we didn't have enough time to fucking implement it, like. And we didn't because we're getting into a, a higher league. You're getting in without you know a couple of players. So, like, like Robbie, I suppose as well, from a coach perspective, there is a lot of pressure on coaches. Like, that take the likes of Kieran there, for example, Kimina who is coming in. Jim McInnes obviously was in last year. Down're playing a very different style. They weren't pressing any kickouts, Probably very few kickouts. Now they're pressing a lot of kickouts, nearly all of them. Uh, they weren't committing bodies forward. They were playing on the counter purely on the counter attack. Now they're very much fingerprinty, Darius type game plan. like like that takes time, Robbie, as a coach.
1: Oh, huge amount. And whether you've one coach or ten coaches, you know, I think that everybody needs a very specific specific job and a role, so they know what they're doing in that because. Um, you you can get lost in the detail in that regard. Um, I'd be a huge fan of down football. Have been for for, for many years, so it's it's really encouraging to see how they're going. I think they they've improved from what I would have seen them play last year. Would have seen them play Mead obviously a good few times. Um, they seem further down the track again, so it's obviously it's obviously working. Um, you know the Kuku boys back in tow as well. It's it's a big plus, obviously, but. Um. Yeah, from that coaching side, like in you know, if you have ten guys or nine guys or seven guys and they're all saying something different, this that it can just splinter so so quickly. So, you know, from a manager's point of view, he needs to have a real good hold on on, on who's doing what and what their specific jobs are in in trying to relate that game plan, but. You're right there if you if you're rocking the championship with having only two or three weeks work done in, in one particular tactic it just you just can't do it not at that level
0: it's impossible yeah yeah mark those elements of down's game there as well like how how they were defending you know two thirds of the field one third of the pitch you come up against them in week one as well you know you can definitely see the impact Kieran's made there from a coaching perspective.
3: Yeah look I'm I'm gonna say this and I know I'm gonna upset people but I've talked a few down players last Sunday and make hey, no mistake there's one coach and one coach only. And well, like Connor is a manager, but meaning is doing, Cairn's doing ninety percent of the coaching. And look, you can see it. You've already said it. Like, we we actually stood at the cab, I think we may you were at the, the down the cab became a cup game like, and it was obvious to be seen. That's that's exactly what they're doing. They're like met. m they're like a early stage of dairy. And to be fair, look, you mean no, look, down of serious players. And probably it probably was a big kick in the teeth for Down not getting out of division three. Last year, but you do see the one thing they've got really bad good at this year, and I would have to say, when a team do pull 14 or 15 men behind the ball, they are a lot better now at picking them apart. And look, to be fair, that with Connor and Kieran. Connor would have been good enough at that when he played for Cuckoo and when he played, and now Kieran having worked under Rory Gallagher, that's that was part of Derry's plan, flooding the six and seven in. So look, you can see it already; they are far, far better at that already than what they were last year. Look, down, down's in a good place. Like, but I wouldn't. They still have a big game next Sunday. Week going to anthem will be a big, big game for them because yeah. I know last year in Yuri anthem did. we very disappointed they lost the game. But look, at the minute down from icing, our head and shoulders above anything in Division Three. Yeah, I agree there. And Robbie, I know putting you
0: in the spot. I don't want to ask Mark too much about Division Three because he's coaching there. But from your own perspective, is there any teams in in four or three that that you would say you know have impressed you early?
1: I think Antrim, I think Andy, Andy obviously a neighbour of mine here, but I, I think he's done a, a, a fantastic job. It's funny, Antrim are always one of those teams I think, you know, plenty of potential there. So uh, and he's obviously harnessed that. He hasn't gone the one way. Got a good win over Offaly at, uh, at the weekend. Yeah. Offaly, I think, are a little bit unlucky. You know, I think they're probably better than the zero points are showing on the table. Uh, they're a young team as well. And, um, you know, I'd say they're just in development. But I'd say Antrim coming out of that Westmead, Division three, like have they have they really pushed on after that great Taltem year they had and then into the championship? I'm not so sure. So I, I think down Antrim are possibly the two coming coming out of there. Division four, Carlo Boys obviously in Leash, possibly, you know. I'm not sure how Carlo will finish out this season, but uh I think Leash have a bit about them. Obviously it's stuff going on with the manager with with, yeah. with just to see what happens there. But um I think from what you're seeing just from a performance point of view, Leash look 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 decent enough at the minute.
0: Yeah, imagine staying out of work for two years and then your first day back getting the sack—like it's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> uh, only here, only, only in the north of Ireland, only in the north. Of Ireland. But but uh, you you couldn't script it. But here, Daniel, just just on four, like I don't want to be disrespectful, like but I do remember, like you know, even getting into four, like we come up again that leash team with Sugru. Sugru was a good coach, good manager, w- really well organized. Antrim were decent that year as well. Big McKeever in the middle and stuff, and that you know there was a fair degree of good coaching And on, like. I think a few counties have thrown the talent, Daniel, in Division 4. I really do think a few counties. Like, I remember going to Waterford Ledge, and they were wild, well organised, very competitive. Do you remember? We were actually lucky
2: to get out of there alive, literally alive. You, you, know, made, literally comments alive, you made comments in the newspaper <laughs> the week, and your, your manager, Tom Gray, I think his name was, threw so a package
0: of Herdy not But a few counties seem to have literally down tools, haven't they? Like, it's it's, well, it's I, a weird I, one, I, like.
2: Yeah, I I think we talked about this last week about the turnover of players in three and four, and it seems yeah. post COVID especially that I think everyone got a flavour of what it might have been like without without football for a while, and kind of you know you're institutionalised, you you kind of you can't really live without the routine of it sometimes, and then once you stop, you realise Jesus, this is a point on a Tuesday, it's not the worst thing in the world, like you know, so it's I, I, you definitely have seen a huge overturn of players, and like you're looking at forward at moment like Leitrim Carlo. Least top three at the moment. Like Andy Morin's probably under um the pump this year. I'd say if if he doesn't do something significant, I'd say he's yeah. probably that's probably him done. Um and Carlo unleashes next week is local derby like that would be a big one for Carlo psychologically because there's always yeah. been this uh, closeness where Carlo feels like the the ugly sister of the relationship like and and have had lots of opportunities to to, to beat leash over the years but have never quite done it. So if they can, I think that'll be huge hugely psychological. Like I mean It'll put him in really good place going forward with it, but um, no, I think in general, like, and even looking at three, um, I was just I saw a clip of the Claire goal that wasn't, you know, the, oh. like, that was a scandalous call altogether. Like Jesus Christ! Like we spoke with Claire last year, and, and, and this is just going back to the power of maybe a consistency of coach and a manager um, over the years. Like since Colin Collins came in, or I think it was two thousand nine, was it? he came in or something like that. He, yeah, two thousand eight. 2008 yeah mm-hmm. um, like you look at that what what he is instilled not just in that group of players he took on but in football and player like for that Clare team to be surviving with the amount of players they're missing with such change and to still be to still be sh- should be beating westmead away and should be like it could be two from two in division three i think is massive you know and and that's probably um that's what we we're talking about earlier with like coaching for a year or two you can only get a limited amount of bounce but Obviously, Colin McCollins has instilled something a little bit more deep than just kind of that short term bounce. But um, yeah, outside of that, the, the other thing was Westmead. Like, you look at the, the, the prototype we're talking about for Talton Cup improving teams. Like, has anything changed for Westmead since they've won it? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, I mean, getting out of three,
0: getting out three is probably more important.
2: You know, well, could you say you're so, playing, yeah. For playing your playing for your progression, I really like, I mean, like, 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 look, let's look at me this year. What will happen? Like, I mean, they're they're probably going to get the drop out of two. Um, are they going to win Leinster? Probably not. Are they going to Anthony major in Sam Maguire? Probably not. Without being negative, but that's the reality. And all of a sudden, they're going to find themselves back where they started. So it's just interesting. Like we use we use these uh, secondary competitions for development. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Other than a short-term kind of injection of happiness, what, what the development is, you know. I suppose Robbie just uh, just finish for yourself and Mark there tonight. We're talking about this, and I
0: suppose from our, our the show's point of view, it's it's a lot of coaches listening from the coaching group. Like, so it is it is great to have these discussions. But Daniel talked about that turnover of players. Something I was thinking about during the week, like. You look at Derry, for example, Robbie, and the likes of Shane McGuigan. What age is it, Shane uh, Mark 24, 25? 25,
3: 24, 25, 25,
0: 25, Robbie? But he, he's probably made you know the guts of you know 50, 60 appearances for Derry already, you know. And you're then you're getting into Division Three and Division Four, and Mark's maybe getting to work with a group where his main forward maybe has made seven county appearances or 10 county appearances, you know. And that, that's significant, Robbie, isn't it? Surely, like massive, massive. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's huge, and that's why that gap that even the ledge is talking about from a development point of view, like it's very difficult to bridge it. Um, I think you're seeing it, you know, Cork, Kildare, Meath, you know, three of the big powerhouses traditionally maybe are are, are falling off the wayside a little bit, um, and and those lads just aren't getting that experience, and and unless you have it, where like how, how do you get it? Unless you actually play the games, and you know, if you're a I don't know a on Odell for Dublin at the minute, you're, you're you're guaranteed to be getting all these top quality games, and your development improves. Not so sure for the guys further down the ranks, it's uh, it's very difficult. And and no matter how good your coaching staff is, it's you know, you need that top level experience to, to improve.
3: Yeah. And would you find that, Mark Weklo? Yeah, to be fair, look, last week, and this is no disrespect to anything, I was actually talking to my Daggy Downs, who had been involved with column. with Claire, and he's still involved with call He actually rang me last Monday and says, Well, what was your first taste of the mission three like? And I said, It was actually scary. Condition level conditioning wise. Hmm. Like uh, the conditioning, us, like I just remember last year, Claire playing Dublin and Cork. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the conditioning of the players was just, when I look at Wicklow, Night, to be fair to Oshin, Oshin rung me a good while ago and says, Look, we 10 of last year's under 20s, and he said to me, This is a five year job. And I says, Well, look, it might be a five year job for you, but I'll see how it will go. But he had a five year job, and the whole big thing, like conditioning levels are nowhere near at mm-hmm. the lower ed teams than they are at the top teams and it was just when Daggy Downs rung me he says, what's the thing you notice in that first 10 minutes it was like a wee bit of a just a culture shock at conditioning and, yeah. and look I, I don't like saying this but in my eyes the top counties are getting stronger and probably the weaker are getting weaker and it probably goes into what resources are being pumped in and stuff but look it's that's just a one striking difference I noticed from last year, so, and I may remember you know this being involved with Paddy Tally for when we Our first year was Division Three, then you'd caught Derry, and I thought it, like, it wasn't as bad the conditioning ways, it wasn't too bad. But I definitely noticed a big difference this year in conditioning yeah. compared to the teams down there to the teams at the top. Yeah, it's funny you say that, like cause I
0: know I remember. Daniel 2017, Winter 2017, talking to Paul Kinnerk, Robbie, and Paul had obviously played with Limerick footballers and had got out of division four with Limerick footballers So we were obviously looking, you know, to know what is the what is the secret. And just what Mark said there, obviously, interesting pulses. Like, Stevie, we never trained. We had a group of players who just got together that, that winter and just we never trained as hard. Like, you know, we trained so hard. We got ourselves super fit. And let's to be fair, I don't know if you remember sort of the November to December time pre-2018, like when we had a real good season. Like and we were doing a lot of real good work. Like, you know, we're playing challenge games against university sides on a Thursday night. Half the team were doing conditioning, half the team were playing a match then with reverse roles you know it was real real tough stuff like some really really good quality 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 work we get in over the winter and I think what Mark's saying there Robbie is, is probably right. Like the level of condition probably Robbie you'd even see at a club level with, with you know your Kilmer Codger the, the teams are at the latter stages of the clubs the, the, the club competitions as well conditions so important
1: Absolutely, as I was touching on it earlier about that athletic development uh, role that the clubs are going after now, that's that's how important it is. But again, without it, I think you're 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 fighting a losing battle, and I can probably see, haven't seen some of the Division Three and Four games that Mark is talking about there. It you know it is a gap. That's the reality, and and yeah. you know people say you know three days a week is enough, but like you know swimmers and athletes and everybody else are at six or seven times a week, and and yeah. that's the reality at, at Division One or Division Two in, in 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 the country. Like if you're not doing that, you're going to be off the pace.
0: And it's collective as well. Collective as well. Like you know, you can't. It's hard, Daniel, to trust a group of young lads to do this and see, you know what? Think like even Carlo, for example. Like a lot of those young lads are now, Daniel, that are coming through. They look really physically underconditioned,ly.
2: Like, yeah, know? And, and and it's not necessarily the the players or the kids' fault. Like it's it's culture, you know. I mean, and and I I can see that with with the lads and Sylvester's. Like I mean, there's there's like we we're far from far from a top team in Dublin, but like you can see, there's just a culture amongst maybe your your top eighteen twenty players you wouldn't have to give them a gym program. You wouldn't have to tell them, they just do it because it's part of what they've realized, what they've recognized. Well, if I don't do this, I'm going to get left behind in league games. And and it's it's a cultural thing. I, I really think it is a cultural thing. And it, it's not it's not big. And like, I know my own club at home in Carlow. Like, if, if we had five or six lads who would have been doing a bit of a gym program that weren't in the county teams, that, that was about it. So like, yeah. if, if, if that's the attitude across your clubs, how are you going to get counties, like our players ready for county? I, I, I've talked about this before that if your players haven't got something to be preparing for, as in really strong leagues, they're not, they're not going to be conditioned for the full year. And you're not creating a ready made county player. Like a friend, you, you know, Kieran Nolan, uh, Stevie, that like, would have been in yep. with us. He's SNC with Carlo at the moment. And he said every year, outside of about 10, he's starting from scratch with lads who've never had any real exposure to SNC. Like, how is a team meant to make any significant gains? And people might necessarily like that we're talking about SNC so much, but ultimately, if you're not fast and strong, all your football in the world isn't going to make a difference. And that, and that's, that that's, the, that's the reality of the situation. And like, he's starting practically with a new base every year. Like, and the, the frustration, I can feel it from him. Like, he'll say, I've got lads to a really good place, i will have them for two or three years. And then someone might be getting a run, a 21-year-old might be getting a run. He might say, "Anna, ah, no, help hell with this, I'm gone. And then he has to start with a new 19-year-old again the following year. And it's, it's a vicious cycle, you know? Yeah. Well, listen,
0: lads, I think we'll, we'll finish for the day. But listen, thanks very much, Robbie. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, You know, really appreciate your insight. Yeah. Really appreciate your insight, and knowledge and, and all the very best again in twenty twenty four with, with Kilmacud. and Mark, listen the same to yourself. All the best to the rest of the National League. We'll break in the National League next week. So hopefully we'll 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 see you again before the the end of the league. Thanks very much, lads. Take care. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks. See see you later. You,